Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. I want you to welcome... Our great friends from Israel, Sam and Shmulek, they're going to come and talk to us about what's happening in Israel and the world. Give them a great big hand as they come. Karen Isot has been around for 101 years, which uh, obviously predated the... Yeah, you can clap for that. That's right. Thank you. Karen Isot actually means the foundation fund. So... The, the modern Zionist movement with uh, Theodore Herzl starting in the uh, late 1800s formed a couple of organizations which are the national institutions which helped to build the modern state of Israel which was uh, at that time under, it was understood that it was the, the, the establishment that it was uh, about to take place any time now. Of course, that was the modern state of Israel but this, we all know that it's the realization of the biblical promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of the Jews, the Jewish people coming home um, back to reestablishing their ancient homeland after thousands of years. And so, Karen, I said, we are, we are the, um, the national institution, the fundraising arm to uh, help garner the resources and funds and friendships uh, and partnerships necessary for the state of Israel. Amen. And appointed by the prime minister, I might add. Amen. So, I've had the privilege. I was appointed by the prime minister. I first served as a, as a diplomat, as Israel's consul general in Los Angeles to the southwest United States, and now uh, appointed for this role. And the friendship with you, Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, and with all of you, New Beginnings Church, all of the members, all of the partners, we're, we're going to see a, a short recap in a moment. But I just wanted, Shmulek and I really wanted to come and say thank you, todah what we have been able to accomplish in terms of fulfilling Bible prophecy, together with your help and support, is unbelievable. I mean, just to name, and we're gonna, you're going to see it in just a moment, we helped support Aliyah, bringing Olim, new immigrants from Ethiopia this past Amen. year, Amen. as part of a very special operation, Rock of Israel, which we can talk about a little bit more. We helped with with your help. We brought Olim, new immigrants from Kazakhstan, Amen, a Muslim country. So unbelievable. We helped. You helped support um, the elderly Holocaust survivors in Israel with food packages, Amen. a few times during the year in the Amigur sheltered housing uh, facilities. You also helped with uh, providing bomb shelters uh, along the northern border, and finally which we'll also talk about. We had, unfortunately, you know, as you know, we live in a tough neighborhood yeah, in Israel. Right. And uh, we had rockets shot at us, uh, at our civilian population in May. And with your help, we were able to take some of the kids out of the danger zone and bring them to different places where they were out of harm's reach and uh, provide fun for them and try to help them to deal with the post-trauma. Yeah. Amen. So these are just off the top of my head. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And, and you should all be so proud uh, for all that you've been able to help and support. And for that, we come and we say thank you. Uh, and it's them that do it. And it's our great honor. 
It's our great honor. We appreciate it. And in the video, I want you to know, Pastor Larry, we have also a little bit of a surprise for you that there's a, there's a, a special message for you from a very senior Israeli official. Ah, all right. You show the video? Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, and all of you at New Beginnings Church, I want to thank you so much for your generosity. We just received behind me a plane full of 260 new Olim, new immigrants from Ethiopia to return to Israel to be reunited with their families, fulfilling biblical prophecy, part of Operation Rock of Israel. Without you, our real, our real strategic partners, we would not be able to make this happen. So on behalf of Karen Ayesod, the state of Israel, the government of Israel, and the people of Israel, I thank you for helping us fulfill biblical prophecy. Pastor Larry, I want to say to you personally in this opportunity, thank you very much for your ongoing support to Aliyah to Israel. Karen Aisod, it's very important to me to say Toda Rabah. Just to let you know, those rooms uh, with all the chairs and the kitchen and the sink and everything is a bomb shelter. And uh, the kids that you saw playing the games, those were some of the kids um, when uh, Mr. Herzog, who we met 
couple years ago we had breakfast with now is the president of Israel, Ken. That's right. And, uh, and they found out that the children, we have a hard time understanding this or, or imagining this, but imagine where every day of your life is a threat for your life. And the area that these kids, that Sam and Shmulek and uh, Mr. Her- President Herzog brought these kids out of, were constant bombings, constant rockets going in, constant rockets going in. And they found out these children were suffering from the same kind of disorder as a soldier coming back from Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan or whatever. Post-trauma. And, yeah, post-trauma. Same, same effects, right? And so uh, they said, well, let's come up with this program to bring these kids and give them some joy. And while they're playing the games and enjoying themselves, they're getting counseling that's being taken care of. And so when we heard about this, we said, our people will jump on that. And so that's because of you. Amen. So how important is it? And I know we ask this all the time, but... How important is it? What does it mean to the Jewish people? I, I can remember when last time I was in Israel, I, I was with Prime Minister Netanyahu then, and we talked about this kind of thing, and he teared up. What does it mean prophetically, emotionally, that Jewish people, Holocaust survivors all the way down the children, know that Christians are, are for them, love them, helping to support them. What does that mean spiritually? What does that mean emotionally, etc.? It's incredibly significant. As you're you're talking about the the children, that with your help we were able to get them out of the danger and give them some fun and give them also some therapy for the trauma. When we visited um, these uh, facilities where they were taken to have fun and we we sat down with the parents... And we explained to them, not only were they, was it bringing them joy because it was just fun, but when we explained to the parents, uh, and the same is the case with, with the bomb shelters, when we explained to them that this help is coming from our Christian friends, it literally blows them away. And, and, and for me also, for, for myself, you know, when we look at the, you talked about the, the, the prime minister getting emotional, I think, because when we look at history, we know that in history, Jews and Christians have a, have a history that was difficult. Yeah. And, and difficult. Nice way to say it. <laughs> I, I used to be a diplomat. It's called the Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> and now to be in, in, in 2022 where our Christian friends are standing with Israel, are helping to refurbish bomb shelters for Holocaust survivors, are helping to send new immigrant children, whether it's from Kazakhstan former Soviet Union, Ethiopia, to help them cope, to help them make aliyah, to, to, to immigrate, to fulfill Bible prophecy, and to be able to do that with our Christian brothers and sisters standing with us shoulder by shoulder, it's, it, it, it just elevates the whole experience, and it makes it so clear to us that we are really living in miraculous times. So I think for all of us... You know, let me do this first, Shmuel, because I want you to respond. You know, the Bible says that before the coming of Messiah, Israel will become a nation again. Everybody said, can't happen. Your, 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 your Bible is a fairy tale. It's never happened in the history of the world. The country returned, etc. And in 1948, it did. 
The second part of that is not only will they return, but God would reverse the curse and instead of Christians being the enemy of the Jewish people and the enemy causing them to be forced out of the country, the script, the, the prophet said, "We'll be bringing the Jews, the Christians, will be bringing the Jews back in their arms and on their shoulders." And so, what you're doing is double fulfilling a Bible prophecy. And I meant to do this right at the beginning. We work mainly with Karen Hezot because everything, every penny we give to them goes to the projects, feeding Holocaust survivors, building bomb shelters, working with the children, fulfilling Bible prophecy. Um, we do uh, uh, some other things with Holocaust survivors and with children and things over there. And so as of uh, the 1st of January, we were able, with Karen Hazel, Scotty, would you walk out, please? As of January, we were able, you, you wow. donated to Karen wow. Hazel just over $1 million. Can we take a picture? Kids, you want to come up? Come on in here, baby. Grab an in that. And we want to announce now, we, we actually, for Israel, you and all of our partners gave quite a bit much more than this, several hundred thousand dollars more for other projects um, in different cities. Uh, one city in, in Haifa, we, we, we do the feeding program for how many Holocaust survivors? And, Several thousand, you you feed these, so that these Holocaust survivors never have to think, will I have a meal tomorrow? You make that happen. And with the children and everything. The, uh, how, many how many ambulances do we do this year? Two? Uh, we're doing a third. And they're, how much do they run? 150,000 apiece. And these are not just ambulances. We do it with uh, uh, Mogan David Adom. And these are not just ambulances. They are uh, ICU units on wheels. They literally, how many lives do they figure they save every? 10,000 10, lives. And so um, we, have, we, we have pledged, with your permission, with your permission, we have pledged every year to do one ambulance, but you guys... You guys just, you guys mess up, and so we're doing three. And uh, so figure that's, that's 30,000 lives that are being saved by this. Come on. That's what you're doing. And so a couple weeks ago, we told them about the Ethiopian uh, need that's right now, and I said, I feel like we need to do $750,000 to make to rescue these Ethiopians and bring them in. But now we see what's happening in Ukraine. So, uh, inshallah, uh, we're going to pledge, uh, and, and I asked them, and you all said yes, right? We're going to, we said two weeks ago, 750000 to Karen Hezot this year, but we want to up it to $1 million. With God's help, you feel good for for next year. Wow. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering for what you've done. See, I got a great job. I just present the check like I did it, but you did it. And all of our partners literally 
on, in Australia and in Canada and all across America and in Central South America. You know, one of my favorite things at, at uh, Yad Vashem is that statue says, when you save one life, God sees it as if you saved the whole world. And so when you bless Israel, don't you know God's going to bless you? Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap over it one more time. Yeah, whatever you want to do, Scotty. Can I just say, Pastor Larry, that there are not enough words, really, to say thank you to, to all of you. You know, one of the things in our, in our tradition in Judaism is that when we say our, our prayer service, then we send a, uh, an emissary to go and, and pray on behalf of the congregation. There's one thing that it's, it's in, our, in our teachings is that you, you have to do yourself, and you cannot send somebody else to be a messenger for you, and that's to say thanks. Amen. And that's exactly why Shmulek and I really felt that we, we had to be here with you, and, uh, and we're just waiting to be able to come in order to, to be here to hug you. We really feel with all of you, with all the members, all the partners here and out there, we feel like family. We, this we is, really are. It really we is really family, and, and we wanted to say thank you so much. I mean, thinking about what we accomplished together in 2021 and the pledge together now for 2022, and, and the need is great. You mentioned the Aliyah from Ethiopia. You know that in the, the total Aliyah of new immigrants coming in 2021, of course it was down in 2020, especially with covid in 2021, worldwide, Aliyah, the number of new immigrants, uh, was up 30% yeah. compared to 2020. Yeah. And without your help, we wouldn't be able to do it. So on behalf of our partners, the government of Israel, the Ministry of Aliyah, and you heard from the minister there herself, and our strategic partner, the Jewish Agency for Israel, we say thank you. Todah Amen. Thank you guys all for helping us do that. Um, Jan- was it January 27th was Holocaust Remembrance Day? Yeah, last Thursday. And uh, was it 77 years ago? Is that right? 77 years ago that uh, Aus- the Allied forces came in. Is that right? January 45, that's right. Okay, 77 years ago. And, and discovered Auschwitz, Birkenau, and I think there's five other camps, right? if I remember history, right, right, right around there. And... Seeing the horrors of, the unimaginable horrors of anti-Semitism, there's a saying that everybody says, never again. But from what I'm hearing, anti-Semitism, and, and let me say this, we live today in a politically correct world, and so no one would ever say, we're against the Jews. But now they're against Israel. And being against, being anti-Israel, and we maybe talk later about BDS, being anti-Israel is the new anti-Semitism. Do you understand? Being against Israel is the new anti-Semitism. But from from what I've read, anti-Semitism is not gone. It's actually the opposite. The opposite, unfortunately. And you mentioned earlier about why it's so important for, for us, for, for Israel and for the Jews, to see our, the solidarity from our, our Christian brothers and sisters. And, of course, standing with Israel is one part of it, and the other part of it is, is standing up and fighting against anti-Semitism. Yeah. Yes, January 27th was International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And, by the way, 
Shmulek and myself, we both come from families of uh, Holocaust uh, victims and Holocaust survivors. Uh, from my family, both from Poland, Hungary, and Germany. And uh, Shmulek's family is from uh, Hungary as well. Um, and I think, you know, the fact that my great-grandparents were murdered by the Nazis, um, my, my grandfather was able to escape, and the fact that a couple generations later I was able to realize the dream of going back to Israel and now having the privilege also to, to lead this organization together with your help, I mean, it's really coming full circle. For, for International Holocaust Remembrance Day, that's usually when a lot of reports are put out uh, about the state of anti-Semitism in the world. And unfortunately, what we saw from the annual reports last week is, just as you said, unfortunately, anti-Semitism is alive and well. And what we saw is that 2021 was actually one of the worst years in about a decade in terms of anti-Semitic uh, incidents. It's mostly in Europe and in this country, about... 50% of the anti-Semitic incidents occur in Europe, which is not surprising yeah. based on the fact that that's where the Holocaust occurred. Uh, 30% here in the U.S. In the U.S. And we know what happened here just in uh, Texas a couple weeks ago at the R synagogue. Right up the street? Right up the street. Yeah. Unbelievable. Thank God the way that turned out. And, yeah. Amen. And, you know, there, there are a couple of things driving and the it. FBI did not label it as an anti-Semitic. That's right. There was a statement which, uh, which didn't make any sense. The FBI put out saying that, that there was no connection between anti-Semitism and, uh, and what happened, as if it was just a coincidence that he they chose a synagogue. He just happened to pick a building a and it <laughs> coincidentally was a synagogue. You, you know, uh, there, there's, there are so many people that follow so many crazy things. And... Um, a couple of the points really driving the anti-Semitism. One is um, there's still, on that point, there's still a lot of these crazy conspiracy theories out there about the Jewish people being involved in COVID. And that's one of the drivers, believe it or not, uh, with the numbers of anti-Semitism. The other one, as we mentioned earlier, in the context of the, of the bomb shelters, we had, unfortunately, uh, this past May, uh, violence with the uh, Hamas terror rockets in the south by Gaza. They sent in the course of 12 days almost 4,400 rockets. And of course, Israel had to defend itself, and thank God we did. But um, that also caused a lot of reaction in the world and a real peak in anti Semitism. Um, so, anti can, can, can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine somebody shooting 4,000 rockets into Texas? Or New York, and then we're the bad guys for defending ourselves, and that's what this—that's what this present administration, that's what the media says—that four thousand rockets. They they flew, what three planes into New York, four counting the one that said, and we went to world war. But Israel's not allowed, and so just so you understand. And these are not military targets they're hitting. These are, what, right? Indiscriminately targeting uh, civilians, innocent civilians. So why, why is, jo you, know, you all know Josh Reinstein, and Josh told us a story that he was over in Europe somewhere, and he was going to Shabbat on Friday, and they had 
guards around on the street around Shabbat. And Josh is walking down the street in, on the block that the synagogue was in, and the guard's going. And Josh goes, no, I've got my keep on. And he goes, no, no, take it off. Don't let anybody see that you're Jewish. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, before coming here, my wife told me, please do the best that you can to walk with a cap. Don't walk with your kippah on the street. So I told her, don't worry. I'm going to Pastor Larry to New Beginning Church. <laughs> I can put my tzitzis out. I can feel completely free uh, a Jewish. But, you know, you mentioned the Holocaust survivor. I have the privilege to go and give the food boxes to them in person. And we are labeling the box, and it says, Thank you, happy Rosh Hashanah, happy Passover from New Beginning Church. Amen. And they're all the time asking me, Who is it? And when I explain them that wow. these people from the other sides of the world that care about them, it's reminding them exactly That's what it's Christian written. Friends. Yeah, Christian friends of Israel, it's reminding them. Isaiah, comfort, comfort my people. So those people in the Amigur shelters, they are very lonely. And part of the reason that they are there because of financial difficulty, sure. because they don't have family. And to get this box from, our, from so far away, it means so much for them. Many people are crying when I give it to them, and I'm proud to tell them this is a gift from Christian who live in Texas. Wow. Wishing you a happy holiday. Explain to us how BDS is a form of anti-Semitism. You mentioned earlier that uh, this anti-Israel is the new anti-Semitism. And it's very important to recognize that uh, what Israel's enemies are trying to do is to try to create a distinction to say it's okay to be against Israel, it's okay to support BDS, which is basically to boycott Israel. But, but it's almost like, I hate to say it, but it's almost like saying, well, that attack against the synagogue down the road, it's not against the Jews. It just happened to be a synagogue Jewish house, house of worship. Right. It's ridiculous. And the same thing is true with BDS. BDS is just part of anti-Semitism because the ultimate goal of those that are attempting to, to push forward and promote this boycott uh, movement is the elimination and don't be fooled nothing short of bringing the existence of the modern state of Israel to an end and the reason why it's anti-semitism is because they're simply singling out and creating double standards for Israel the 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 uh, arguments that they put forward against Israel um, which are based on lies, you know, they, they have claims of genocide and, and uh, humanitarian violations. And of course, if you go to those same activists and you ask them about other countries in the world that yeah. are clear violators, yeah. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, many other places, China, um, th that's where you see there's a clear double standard. Yeah. There's a clear singling out of Israel, and it's nothing short of hate and anti-Semitism. Yeah. And it's important to call what it is, what it is. Anti-Semitism. Explain what BDS is. Because um, we, we stood, the, most of these people and our partners went to our capital, Tisletum, went to our capital, met with our governor and said, we will not tolerate in this state BDS. And our governor, who is just a wonderful guy, said, we will not support any business. 
So maybe explain what BDS means. BDS stands for Boycott Israel from financial point of view. But from my point of view, maybe I will surprise you, I'm not that worried about BDS, and so far they haven't had any significant achievement. And why? Because at the end of the day, if people want to really understand Israel, Israel is here to be a light for the nations. And the meaning of that is that Israel... You know, Israel is the leading country when it comes to high-tech, mobile-eye, ways, and many other uh, uh, exits that's known around the world that have changed the world for good. You know, Africa, our neighbors, we are improving the life over there with the uh, sun that's made the, the, the electricity and in so many things. So we're here to bring light to the nation. So by trying to boycott financially Israel, you are actually affecting for bad, the whole world when it comes to agriculture, to medicine. So that's why I'm not that much uh, worried about it. God is on our side. That's right. You know, that's right. Pastor Larry, Shmulek's right. And one of the other reasons why the, the boycott movement really, if anything, they suffered a major blow with the Abraham Accords. Right. Uh, Israel has shown that it's actually, you know, at a time where those that want to boycott and cut and isolate Israel... The opposite is happening. Today, Explain just briefly, maybe somebody's watching here, what the Abraham Abraham Accord is. So the Abraham Accords, uh, under the leadership of uh, former President Trump, uh, was the the effort to normalize relations between Israel and a number of Arab states. And and, uh, the process is, uh, is still taking place. We're not done yet. But in the meantime, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, have normalized relations. Morocco, Sudan, Bahrain, and there are others. It's, it's really an unbelievable development because it turned on its head the whole movement. Basically, what the boycott movement was trying to say is that until Israel um, doesn't make major concessions with the Palestinians and give up land and, and, and basically forfeit its security then uh, Israel will be isolated and countries will, uh, will be cutting off diplomatic relations, Don't, not, not even to talk about expanding d- diplomatic relations. And we see is that the opposite is yeah. happening. Amen. And actually today, amen, today as we sit here, Pastor Larry, we talked about the, in the videos uh, that you saw images of Isaac Herzog, who was then my counterpart as the chairman of the Jewish Agency for Israel, and your partner and our partner in helping with the Aliyah efforts. He today is the president of Israel, and today he's on a, on a historic first-time-ever visit in the UAE. So you wow. talk about that. Yeah, wow. today. You'll see on the news today. I saw pictures as we were driving over here of the, of the Israeli president and the first lady being taken in to meet with, uh, with the king there, and, uh, the, or the prince, uh, unbelievable. It's, amen. Uh, amen. And this is exactly the answer to the boycott movement and the answer to anti-Semitism. I want to I share a little story, and then, then I want you guys to address, if you would, uh, the understanding of the West Bank versus Judea and Samaria, because that's a major issue that even... A lot of Christians are not willing to address. And so 
Um, we were, Pastor Scott and I were over in March. I'm going to be in Israel, uh, God willing, and uh, speaking at the Ambassadors Conference where they bring in uh, all of these different members of parliament from mostly Europe, correct? Mostly Europe. And uh, um, we were over there, the last time we were over there, they took us Malay Adamin. Malay Adamin. And there was a factory there that was half Jewish workers and half Palestinian workers. In the factory, they had this separate room built just for the Muslim workers where when it came time to pray, they could go in and pray. We talked to Jewish workers. We talked to uh, Palestinian Muslim workers. They loved it. They were making two, three, four times the amount of money if they could find another job that they would anywhere else. And because of the pressure of don't buy that product, that factory shut down, and these Pal- all these Palestinian people lost, lost their jobs. Um, when you hear of settlements, you know, you, you kind of think of some Jewish people going in with a tent and uh, digging a hole to get some water. You're talking about desert areas, wilderness areas where they go in and build life, cities and factories and jobs, not just for Jewish people, but for Palestinian people. But you always hear it called the West Bank, or you always hear it called something. Explain what that is biblically and who that land belongs to according to God and according to the Balfour Agreement and everything else that goes along with it. Well, first of all, thanks for asking such a simple and easy question to answer. <laughs> but um, first of all, we're very excited that you and Pastor Tiz, I hope, also is coming in March. And I live in Judea, for example. I'm one of those uh, quote-unquote... I'll, I'll, which, which the world calls what? So the world calls that a settlement. The world calls that wet, the West Bank. And when they refer to the West Bank, they're referring to the West Bank of the Jordan River. And of course, to us, we, we, we refer to it as, as you mentioned, Judea and Samaria, Yehuda v'Shomron. And that, those are the biblical references. Uh, and, and that's where I live. I live just south, well, j- just south of Bethlehem, south of Jerusalem in the Judean hills, and I look forward to hosting you for a Shabbat yeah. meal in my tent. Yeah. <laughs> my wife, right as we speak, is busy digging out the, the water. She's no, hurting the sheep right now, right? right? Yeah, it, it, the, clearly. It's Judea and Samaria. It's Judea the and Samaria. The call it the West Bank, but it is biblically Judea and Samaria, the land of Israel. That's right, and the word Judea is from the same word where, where Judaism, Yehuda, which, which was one of the 12 tribes of Judah. That's where the word comes from. And uh, it, it biblically obviously belongs to the, the people of Israel, and um, it got very complicated because in, in modern history, what happened was in 1948 when Israel declared its independence and then there was a war of independence and almost immediately Israel was attacked by five armies and all of, our, uh, all of the surrounding uh, uh, countries and armies immediately attacked us. And between 1948 and 1967 until we had the, um, the Six-Day War in June 1967, those territories, which today are referred to in so many different ways, occupied territories, West Bank, 
let's be very clear. There was no Palestinian people uh, or sovereign that was in control that, that as if the, 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 the Jews in 67 or the Israelis took, took it over from. As a matter of fact, um, Judea and Samaria were controlled by Jordan. By Jordan, not a Palestinian people, but by, by Jordan. And Gaza was controlled by Egypt. So when you talk about um, today, you know, you talk about fake news, all of the terms that are used, they're just not accurate. They're talking about giving back the land to Palestinians. Well, we're not talking about it going back to Egypt or going back to, uh, um, uh, to Jordan. They're talking about creating a, a new Palestinian entity, which, um, the, you know, the Israelis don't want to control anybody's lives. That, that's for sure. But at the same time, we cannot have another terror state at our doorstep and uh, be in a situation where all we're negotiating is our own suicide. Yeah. We won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well put. I, I want to add to this that uh, we only have one little tiny country in the whole world. And I feel that we don't need to all the time. How long is Israel? How wide is Israel? How long from one side to the other is no more than six and a half, seven hours maximum. Drive, driving. Driving. Yeah. That's, that's and the wide? Side. It's about mm-hmm. eight miles wide. Very yeah. narrow. Very, very narrow. Yeah. You're talking a little. You're talking. A, and, and, and the reason I'm bringing it up is keep. Yeah. Keep very wide. small country. And we received it, number one, by God, by afterwards, by Balfour Dec- Declaration, the United Nations. And we don't need all the time to justify ourselves. There are many Arab countries around us, and we are happy for the Palestinians to live next to us. But at the end of the day, Israel belongs to the Jewish people. Only one state, and that's it. We're Amen. not going anywhere. Yeah, we've told you, you know this story, but um, I, by the grace of God, I was asked to come to the White House during President Trump's administration. Jason Greenblatt, who was President Trump's advisor for the Middle East, met with uh, seven or eight of us. Tiz was there. And uh, they said, we're, we're ready to announce a peace plan. What do you, what, what's your thinking on this? We already know what we're going to do, but we just want your thinking. And uh, one of our great pastors gave all the biblical reasons why we stand. And he said, well, Pastor Larry, what about you? And I gave the political and biblical reasons to stand. And uh, the gal comes and whispers in his ear, his aide, and she goes, that's the president. And so I got to go. And he said, looked at me and he said, so no land for peace. Right? No land for peace. And let me give you an illustration of what Shmulek just said. This tiny country, six-hour drive long, eight hours wide. Eight miles. Eight miles wide. If you, if you were to put a BB in this building, this building would be the Arab countries and the BB would be Israel. That's, that's, the, way, that's the way it would look. And so they're saying, you know, if you just give us half of that BB, then we'll be satisfied. But that's a lie. Now, these guys have to be politically correct. I don't have to be politically correct. That's a lie. The, the, as, as Sam said so well, prior to 1947, there was, no, there was no Palestinian state. There was no Palestinian country. It didn't exist. That's a political thing because all of a sudden in 1967, 
all these, all this building came against the BB, and by the grace of God, the BB won. And so, this was so the world's looking. Look at this! Look at this Goliath coming after this little David. So they got together and they said, "We've got to switch this. We can't have this whole thing coming against this Goliath coming after David. So let's make it not an issue." of the Arab world against little Israel, let's make it big Israel against the little Palestinian people. And that's how it was created. So, you know, I told the guys in the back, we have three goals, goals here towards, Israel, towards the world. Is one, uh, help fulfill Bible prophecy with supporting Aliyah, where Jews can come from around the world, a miracle of God. Two is that we would help do that with other projects there to fulfill the prophecy that we would bring them in our arms and on our shoulders. We would no longer be part of the problem. Now we're part of the solution. A miracle of God, not the enemy, the friends. And the third part is, is in doing this and teaching this, what, what the word of God says about this, that we stand up and defeat anti-Semitism every single place we go because whether you think the messiah is coming for the first time or he's coming for the second time that can be debatable amongst friends but where he's coming to is not debatable he's coming to a jerusalem and an israel that is run and ruled by the jewish people amen, amen. so amen. all right so what are the needs, the challenges in the next 10 minutes? What's the needs, the challenges uh, for Karen Hazot and for Israel and the projects that we're involved with? So, Pastor Larry, first of all, um, you, uh, you had that very special message uh, in the video for you and for all, all of the, our friends, members, and partners here from the Minister of Aliyah for Israel, Panina Tamano Shata. She is an amazing person, leader, friend, partner of ours. She is the minister of Aliyah. She, as you see, her, she's the first ever in the history of Israel, which has been around for almost 74 years now. She's the first ever Ethiopian minister in government wow. of any kind. Wow. That's amazing. And by the way, to, to the BDS claims that Israel is an apartheid state, I mean, it's yeah. just ridiculous. <laughs> right. So she, she is the first ever, and her, her story is amazing. She, we were talking about it earlier, she herself came, she was born in Ethiopia and, and came over in one of the operations, it was called Operation Solomon uh, in the 80s. She was three or four years old, had to trek across the desert and uh, lost a couple of siblings uh, on, that, on that journey. And she still has, wow. she still has uh, family members in Ethiopia. The reason I mention that is because uh, Aliyah is still uh, one of the main challenges and goals that we have working together with you, our friends here, for 2022. Operation Rock of Israel, which that minister pushed through. I mean, she's really, uh, she's a bulldozer. You, you, she's, she's got some, she must have some Texas in her. <laughs> That's right. She pushed through just a couple months ago in November a government decision. Uh, there are still about between eight and 10,000 Ethiopians who are waiting and eligible to come on Aliyah, to come and immigrate to Israel. And the situation there is very tenuous. There's a civil war going on. The economic situation is very difficult. And, of course, also the health situation with COVID. And so the, the government decision 
pushed forward was is to bring first of all as many as soon as possible but uh, with an emphasis on at least 2300 to 2500 in the coming months so that's number one number two you mentioned also on aliyah uh, the situation in ukraine even before yeah, yeah. even before this current flare-up with uh, with russia we have over 200,000 jews still in ukraine uh, the situation there, even before the current tension, was not great. Also, in terms of anti-Semitism and other financial difficulties, and and uh, and now there's this buildup of Russian forces on the border. There's a serious um, threat of a possible invasion, and uh, we have to be ready with our partners, the Jewish Agency, the Minister of Aliyah, to be able to be able to mobilize um, serious Aliyah from there. And then there are other places in the world that all the time that we're monitoring and it, it, it could flare up at any moment, whether it's in France, where we have one of the largest Jewish communities uh, in Europe. Isn't, isn't anti-Semitism probably as high or higher in France than anywhere else in the world? Yes, it is. France and also the UK and England. Those, oh. are the, those are the two places in England where, first of all, you have large Jewish communities. Yeah. It's larger in France, slightly. Uh, and absolutely so there, and then you have places like Argentina, South Africa, where all it takes is some kind of a development, like we're monitoring very closely with Ukraine, but in uh, all of those places. So these are examples where Karen Iso, together with our partners and with your help, we're monitoring the situation in all of these places and have to be ready to mobilize at at you know the, the drop of a pin. So um, those are those are the main, and then of course. Uh, continuing in 2022, uh, maybe Shmulek, you want to mention the other the projects with the bomb shelters and the elderly. Yeah. F- first of all, I want to add, and it's connected to what we spoke before about the so-called uh, settlements. First of all, you know, since the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948 up until today, Karen has supported 3.5 million Jews that have returned home back to Israel. Wow. Wow. Now, Amazing. this. 3.5 million Jews have a lot of kids. They love big families. Imagine yourself now to talk about uh, taking them out of their villages. It makes uh, things more complicated. So as, much, as more as we bring more Olim, new immigrants to Israel, we talk less about giving uh, land. We ended up in uh, 2021 with bringing just over than 28,000 Jews from all around the world, talking in about a year of COVID closure, and uh, a lot of challenges, and this is a, this is a great uh, success uh, for us. Um, but as Sam mentioned, we have to be ready. We are now focusing on the, those two areas, the Ethiopia and Ukraine. Ukraine, you know, the situation can change in a minute. You know, when the former Soviet Union collapsed, there are 1.2 million uh, former Soviet Union Jews living in Israel. That's after in the 90 when the former Soviet collapsed. All of them came in about 10 years' time to Israel. So we we are we are ready, but I also I want to take this opportunity, working with you, Pastor Larry and Pastor Scott and, and Pastor Tiz, almost on a weekly basis. It's amazed me that you know during this difficult year you have actually you have actually increased your support. Amen. You didn't go down like many other donors that we know. You have increased your support, and that's why we have managed to do so many things together. Two plan in one year, and all the, thing, all the things that we saw over here. So thank you very much for this. We appreciate so much with all our hearts this 
friendship, friendship. Amen. Amen. Um, I was in Paris. Tiz and I were in Paris several years ago. We were actually stopped there to teach at a, uh, the largest Christian church in Europe. That church doesn't exist anymore. Wow. Because of uh, the neighborhoods have changed. Okay. And we were right outside of, right, right across the street from the Louvre. And we were in a kind of a souvenir shop type of thing. And I said to this friend of mine who is from Israel, I said in, in, in Hebrew, you know, uh, I can't remember, I asked her something in Hebrew about this project. This little girl is probably 18 years old, and she goes, are you Jews? And uh, she began to tell us how horrible. And this was how many years ago? 20 years ago? And she said every Friday before Shabbat, they gather their silverware, they gather their whatever valuables, and they put it in the bank because they have a chance of being attacked on Shabbat. And she said, and she broke into tears, remember? And she said, last, last Shabbat, before, before Shabbat started, my grandfather was taking all the family stuff, and they beat him almost to death and stole everything. And, and she says, pray that we can get to Israel. Now, this was 20-something years ago. Can you imagine? To be a racist has got, the Bible says, call no man a fool. So to be a racist, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. That you don't like somebody because they're black or they're brown or they're Asian or that. that what, kind of, what kind of stupidity is that? Well, can you imagine saying you need to hide being a Jewish person? And we need, I was standing one time in Starbucks, in a line in Starbucks, and these two businessmen in suits were in front of me. And they're talking, and uh, the guy turned around and said, if we just get rid of all the Jews, we'd have peace in this world. And I wasn't real saved at that moment. And uh, I use a vocabulary that God has had to forgive me for. But can you imagine that? You know, the Bible says a curse without a cause doesn't come. How many believe America, the world, we need to break the curse of racism? How many believe that? The churches are more divided by race. The world, America is more divided by race on Sunday morning than it is on any other day of the week. I remember when Bishop Jakes, when we were important, came and preached for us. He goes, man, a 30-year church is African-American, a 30-year church is Hispanic. He goes, you need to show your congregation on television. He goes, how do you, he asked me, how do you do that? You defeat racism on purpose. You defeat racism on purpose. And But the root of racism goes all the way back to blaming the Jews for killing Jesus. For 325 years, that was never part of the church doctrine until the Council of Nicaea. Never mentioned. Never mentioned. But the Roman Emperor Constantine said, how can we turn the world away from Jerusalem and turn the Christian world to Rome? Let's blame the Jews for killing Jesus. 
So we need to be bold and stand up. And the reason I wanted to end this session with this is, unfortunately, a pastor in a certain denomination here in America last week preached a horrible anti-Semitic sermon. Horrible anti-Semitic sermon. The whole denomination is, is against Israel. Well, I'm going to tell you, if they're loud in being anti-Semitic, we need to be louder in That's being right. pro-Israel and our brothers and sisters. Amen. 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 So we have uh, five minutes. Share what you, anything you want to share. Well, first of all, Pastor Larry, we wanted to, uh, we wanted to present you with a couple of gifts. Uh, of course, like you always say, you're receiving them, you and Pastor Tiz, on behalf of, of all of the partners. But the, 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 the message, the strongest message that we come with is really a message of incredible gratitude. The, this congregation, this church standing with Israel, our Christian friends standing with Israel... It does so much, not only the impact that you have on the world, but the impact that you have on the Jewish people around the world and our Christian friends and, uh, and brothers and sisters around the world. To see what that means, to come together, it has so much more meaning. And um, we, we just, uh, there are no words. We just yeah, want to say our, thank it's you. It's our pleasure, right, guys? It's our, it's our, it really is our pleasure. And, you know, we're coming up, we're coming up on the on the uh, festival of Purim. Yes. And so we thought it was uh, very timely. We wanted to present you with the first of the two gifts that we had here. You know, you and I, and we've talked about this here before when I've had the opportunity to participate in services. This, for you, Pastor, this is a special case, a special case for... um, for the scroll of Megillah to Esther. Oh my goodness! Which that when is we're awesome. when we're together in Israel, we'll go together to pick a scribe and we'll get you a scroll. And this well, is a very right. special case oh to hold. Oh my goodness! The, I love it. The story of Esther. Oh, that's and you know, for for myself, even before I had a chance to meet you and to and to meet all the wonderful people here from New Beginnings Church, whenever I read the story of Purim and the story of Megillah to Esther, I always get the chills when I come to the point. We all know, for me, there are so many different amazing uh, aspects of that story, but the, the, the climax there, when, when Esther comes to Mordechai, and she doesn't know what to do, and Mordechai sends the, the message to her and says that don't hesitate, if, 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 if not for a moment such as this, that if you don't stand up and do your part, then everything that God did to put you in the position that you're in, it would all wow. be for nothing. Yes. Yeah. But, but he also added and said, but you should know, if you don't step up to the plate, so to speak, the salvation is still going to come from, from another place. And it's the same thing here. Your New Beginnings Church, Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, the, the, the support and help that you do for Israel, it's true that if you wouldn't help, the salvation is still going to come. Amen. But God put you all in a position to help, and you are realizing that ability that you have. Amen. And for that, we, could, we couldn't be more grateful. Oh, and so I we thought it. that this gift that has to do with Purim and Megillah to Esther, well, and that message awesome. is, uh, is very appropriate. That's oh, awesome. thank you. That's awesome. And now, the, go ahead. There's one more. Okay. 
like the commercial, but there's more. But there's more. Now but, the rest of the story. But there's more. We also have this very special certificate oh, wow. relating to the Aliyah. And uh, I'll read it. And it says, this certificate is presented to from Karen Aiso to Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz Huck, and our dear friends at New Beginnings Church and Larry Huck Ministries in recognition and immense appreciation for your generous contribution and unwavering support for the State of Israel, Aliyah, and the Jewish people. And there's a quote there from Genesis, of course, in Hebrew, I will bless those who bless you. Amen. That is awesome. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is bizarre. Uh, in my office, I was, the church got me a, uh, a, uh, a, a set for my home. I have the Talmud here, but the church got me one for my office. And I was setting it, getting it ready to be set up. I have an Esther scroll. And, uh, but I looked at it and I, and I told Tiz, I said, this is a terrible covering for this. This is a terrible covering. I didn't know this is just a few days ago. This is a terrible covering for this. It looks, it looks cheap. It's just something we, they got when they got me the Torah scroll, the, the Esther scroll. And now I have. Wow. And we did not know that. We did not know that. You know, it seems like every time we pray, God does something, you know. I love my car, but a Bentley would be real nice. (laughs) Yes. May I say something, please? Uh, You know, you guys, we love you so much. They are they are family, family, dogs. Yes, they are. They are family. You know, and there's such a deep bond that God has knit together with with you guys personally, and us, but our people as well, and. I just want to comment on something that really, in the very beginning of this relationship with you guys, really hit my heart, is we've done so many projects over the years, and we're always, literally, literally, we get up every day and look for what God wants us to be a part of, how we can be a blessing in the world. And we've done that for many, many years since we started studying our Jewish roots but when we connected with you guys, there was something just so deep about it. And personally, I started studying because I wanted to know what we were, we were, what you guys were about. And I realized that you go back so far, your organization, to the very roots of Israel. You just celebrated 100 years. You're 101 years. And to me, it was so awesome to feel a part of something that God had put into place so long ago. And I just, I felt like when I read the manifesto and your mission statement, I felt like God looked far ahead and saw us taking up that mantle and being a part of it. And I just want to say how important this is, what we're doing. You know, we do a lot of things for children. We do a lot of things to rescue uh, children that are jeopardized. But what what really hit me today is when you had uh, the minister of Aliyah. I'm sorry, how do you say her name? Panina. Panina. 
rescued as a baby. Rescued as a baby in the 80s. And now here she is, a leader in the nation of Israel. Amazing. And I think that's what hit me in the very beginning with you guys is that it's, I mean, of course, rescuing babies is needless to say how important that is. But we're not just rescuing people. We're building the future of Israel and creating the core and the foundation that can be the support system to be the leadership that Israel is taking in the world. So it's such an honor to me to have you know, not uh, just a project, but to be partners with you guys forevermore. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, Moshiach comes. One quick thing. I want to tell you, Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, that I really, really feel and believe that God is blessing you, like it's written in Genesis 12. He's that. blessing you for all the good deeds and the great things you are doing for the nation of Israel. And I want you to know, Pastor Tiz, we in Israel, we are praying for you. We are worried for you when things are challenging and difficult, like you are part of our family. Amen. 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 Right. The health of your family, and we pray that you stay off the horses for a little while. <laughs> Tis literally bounced back today. <laughs> if you're willing to stand with us as we stand with Israel, would you stand right now and show solidarity that we will stand with the nation of Israel? As Shmulek said, and, it's, and it says on that, as Sam said, God said, I will bless those who bless you. He also said, remember we're talking in the, in the seven churches, a two-edged sword? He said, I will bless those who bless you, but I will curse those who curse you. When we stand with Israel, Almighty God says, I'll make you an example of my blessing. We believe a thousand percent. This is one of the reasons why we've seen the miracle on Lion, the miracle on Tiz, the miracle on me uh, with the blood clots. Our best is yet to come because we're on the right side. Amen. And we just want to say to you guys that they, they are like family. They're, they're, gonna, they're coming over to our house for, for our dinner. We have kosher plates, though, so everything's going to be good. But they are like family. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of other things we do. We have orphanages in Haiti. We have feeding programs for kids in, in uh, Cuba and, and uh, the Dominican Republic. We, how many meals a month for kids in 50,000 a month in Africa, meals for kids in Africa. We do a lot of projects here with uh, Pastor Wannison and the team with the homeless and everything. But um, blessing Israel is so key for God in these last days to bring the blessing, unlimited blessing on us. Amen. I get to be in Brazil uh, next month at a huge conference speaking on the prophetic uh, standing with Israel and, and being with Israel. So guys, our best is yet to come. And we want to say to you, thank you for standing with us. Uh, you that are in the building and you around the world because to, together we are making a difference. You know, something that Shmulek said, or maybe Sam, you said it, when you said is during the time of COVID, our giving to Israel and other projects actually went up. 
And the reason is, is obviously because of, of you. But one of Tiz's favorite scriptures is, is don't look at the wind, don't look at the rain, don't look at the sun, and decide to sow. Sow when you have the opportunity. Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear or you're going to sleep, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. God, what are you doing today? How am I a part of it? And his righteousness, in Hebrew, righteousness there means acts of kindness, acts of charity. Yes, we're to be righteous people, but being a righteous per, per, person is not just, is not just, it's not just being religious. You know, we're doing the seven churches of Revelation next week. We're going to go back and do it. I didn't finish on the third church. God gives the white stone. Where do, I, where, do you, where do you see the revelation of that? But being a righteous person is not just being religious, but it's also doing the right thing. It's being that when that opportunity comes. And so I know that we said we're going to help with the Ethiopian Jews, but then boom, something came up, and now all of a sudden we have to look at Ukraine. And there's much more that these guys do than just bring people to the country and like our government does and drop them off at the bus station. They train them, teach them, language, everything. But our, you know, just to make it simple, and our part is getting them there. And uh, now with Ukraine coming up, you know, we're looking right now, we'll, we'll, figure, we'll talk about this tonight, but we're looking, when do we do our next trip to Israel? When can we work that out with COVID and everything? And we were talking in staff meeting Tuesday, and I said, I feel like on this, whenever we can do the next trip to Israel, let's stop off. And I've never wanted to do this, but let's stop off before we get to Israel at Auschwitz. And let's take a tour. I've never wanted to do it. I never wanted to go. It wasn't interest. don't want to see it. But I'm feeling, and I hope we can do it with Rabbi Lau on the, on the next one, but think it'd be a good idea to go there and then go to Israel and see what what happened there and then go to Israel and make a declaration that this will never happen on our watch and we will do everything we can not to make it happen amen but I want you to think about helping us with the Ethiopian project and now with the Ukrainian project when we go to Israel and we go to Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Museum. Uh, we always do a thing before we, and not many groups do this. We, we go down to, where, what's that area with all the big stones? And it shows all the... What, the, the communities, the names? The communities, yeah. Right, it's, it? a, it's a memorial of the different communities that were wiped that? out. Yeah. I think it, just, no, I think the of, memorial. I think it's called the Valley of the Community. You walk. How many have been there with us in, in there? And you walk through in these big, huge stones. And we always have a cantor come in and we sing. And it's the names of all of these villages in the Ukraine, mainly Russia, that don't exist anymore. They're gone. So when we say there's th- six million Jews that were killed. In reality, there's probably many, many more than that, but there's just no record because they came in and it may be a village of a hundred, it may have been a village of a thousand. They're gone. Everybody's dead. And it makes you, when you look at this, you go, this thing is 
incredible. Now we have a need in Ukraine again. So today or during the week or during the month, pray. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Because no matter if it's raining or snowing or windy, now's the time that we need to do something. And we give you your pledge. You can count on them for this next Amen. Thank Amen. You. Would you pray over us in Hebrew? One of you in Hebrew? Sure. In, in English and then Hebrew. Avinu Shabashamayim, Tzur Yisrael Begoalo, Sheyishmur, Avinu Shabashamayim, Elokei, Avraham, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Sheyishmur al Kahal HaKadosh Our Father in Heaven, the Lord and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Lord of Israel, should watch over and continue to provide in protection, good health, for Pastor Larry, Pastor Tiz, all of our members, friends, and partners here at New Beginnings Church, here in the building, around the world, our partners, and God should look after them and over them and continue to give them the strength to stand up for what is right, to stand up for Israel, to stand up against anti-Semitism, to support fulfilling Bible prophecy, and to have the moral clarity and the courage, even when it's not popular, to stand up for what is right, as it says in the scriptures, for Zion's sake, I shall not be silent, and we shall not be silent. And God should provide all of the blessings, as he says in Genesis, that he will bless those that bless Israel. And God should bless every single one of you and all your families with good health. Amen. If you love the Lord and you love...